Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. We are ranking running backs tonight, the top 15 with a panel of four. We have Wes Johnson, my co-host. He's from San Francisco. Uh, We have Sally from Minneapolis. She joins us after our quarterback rankings last week. And then we have Jason making his return. And he will go through the top 15 running backs. It's a singular show. Just like we did quarterbacks last week, we are doing running backs. But first, from betonline.ag. Uh, the month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. For example, in order, the uh, top four teams, obviously, there's only four left to win the NBA championship are the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the clear front runner at plus 110, Phoenix Suns at plus 125, and then a steep drop off to Atlanta Hawks at plus 1200, and the Clippers at plus 1400. If you believe in any of those teams, slide on over to betonline.ag, put your money where your mouth is. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use mobile device to sign up and join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We are capitalizing on the enthusiasm of our quarterback rankings from last week. We went one to 32 with all the NFL signal callers, and we're pivoting to the same side of the ball, the offense, but we're going to do running backs. In the interest of time and four people opining this evening, we're only going to do the top 15. Otherwise, you'd be listening to us for about two hours. Whether that's good or bad is up to you. Um, so we are going to go up the snake again with the 15th best running back in the league and go around the horn. The 15th, in my estimation, um, is Kareem Hunt. Uh, this is delicious for the Browns because they have two dudes in the top 15, in my opinion. Uh, Kareem Hunt's uh, career was sidetracked with the Chiefs because of his own shenanigans. He seems to have done a reasonable public opinion about face and you know, at least playing. And I have him pegged as the 15th best running back in the business. Wesley Johnson, who's your 15th? 15 for me is DeAndre Swift with the Detroit Lions. Uh, He's coming into a situation with a new coaching staff. Uh, They will emphasize on physicality and commitment to the run to take the pressure off of their quarterback and wide receiving group, which are poor. (laughs) Um, Swift also ranked 13th in uh, running back targets last year and limited playing time. So. I see an uptick for him this year. I wanted to say on the Lions receiving core that there is a time and a place probably about 10 years ago where that would have been a serviceable wide receiver entity group. But now, because they're so coveted in a passing league, they're just they're the least talented on paper. But when I look at it, I, I always like, is it really that bad? But then you have to look at it in comparison. Um, so just a little tangent there. Uh, well, Jason. when they used yeah. to draft the wide receiver every single year in the first round for like, what, how many years is it? Five oh, boy. Yeah, it was. was and, a running joke. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. It was that they usually had a really high pick. And they were, you know, doing Mike Williams and the Megatron. And then there's uh, <laughs> Carlos Rogers. So, yeah, it, it, was, it would be somewhat reasonable if it was like, oh, yeah, every year they have 25th pick. They get a new wide receiver, but it's every year they got a top eight pick. 
and they're getting a new dude and only one of them truly panned out. And that was Megatron whose career ended too abruptly. Jason, number 15 for you, kind sir. Yeah. I like, uh, you know, I, Hey, you guys are going to really hate me here. Oh, is this I a don't, Bronco? No, 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 no. No, it isn't. Not yet. Royce Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> Not Royce Freeman, no. No, uh, I, I like that uh, running back out of Seattle. Um, I don't, Are we going mainly on yards or touchdown performances, or what exactly are we? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the whole kid and caboodle, the best running backs. Yeah. Not fantasy, the best running backs. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson. Okay. Fair enough. 15? Kind of low, don't you think? I had him at 20. Where'd you have him, Wes? Uh, I have him at eight. Yeah. Chris Carson? Yeah. Wes knows what's up, y'all. Here we go. Here we go. You guys get a room. That's what I got. Uh, and Jason, we'll stick with you at number 14. Number 14, I like uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Acres. Wow. <laughs> I, I, you guys are going, putting a lot of stock in dudes that are creeping on a come up, but that, that's, we'll get into it here. All right. For a uh, 14 for you, Johnson, Uh 14 for me, Jonathan Taylor with the Colts um, second year pro again, um, had 35 carries of at least 10 yards last year. And he didn't come on until later in the year uh, due to injury, I believe. So um He's he's got the talent. Uh, he's on a talented team. They have one of the best offensive lines in the business. So I expect to see him uh, really show himself this year. And probably top to bottom, the top running back core in the business. You can make a case for. Um, you know, if Taylor goes down, they're not going to be screwed with Hines and uh, Mac. Right, my my opinion. Uh, number 14, I can't figure out by your guys' poker faces if I have this guy way too high. Miles Sanders. He was underwhelming last year, but I think that personally, I think that was a product of just the trash offensive line and showing that we saw from Carson Wentz. But I uh, like the, I guess, dual threat backs that catch the ball, and he's one of those. And I think that even though they're not forecasted to be very good, I think in terms of talent, Miles Sanders, number 14 for me. Does that jump off right. the page to anybody or not? I actually had him at 13. So, Ooh, okay. Well, you'll get to give a speech here and about, Oh, there's no speech involved. You pretty much nailed it. <laughs> I mean, you know, all right. Then uh, 13, I have James Robinson an upstart running back from Jacksonville Jaguars who will probably be upstage now because they uh, drafted Travis NTN for some godforsaken reason, two running backs, Anywho, Robinson uh, was delightful as an undrafted rookie and on a garbage team. Usually uh, trashy teams don't have great running backs, but Robinson stood out and he impressed me to the utmost. So I got Robinson at 13. Wes, what do you have? 13, I have David Montgomery with Chicago Bears. Um, Montgomery had a decent rookie year. He had a down sophomore year. And then last year, um, most importantly, the coaching staff uh, finally put it all together and decided to actually hand it to him. His sophomore campaign, they really didn't go to him too much. Um, I believe they will continue the commitment to the run, uh, which will keep him on this list. Sally, you're a Vikings fan. Does David Montgomery scare you at all? Have you seen our defense? Heck no. <laughs> which, ver- which version of it? 
the new the new one. I guess none of us have seen him. I'm kidding. Um, does he scare me? Uh, the Browns. I mean, the um, the Bears always scare me. If I'm going to be honest with you, they are always good for at least one win over the Vikes, whether that's with a backup quarterback, David Montgomery, whoever the case may be. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think he began to come into his own last year. Wes, you know that from uh, fantasy. He was more reliable than that first year. I had him in my rookie year in one of my leagues, and he was always a, yeah, do I have to start him? And starting to turn the conversation a little bit, at least in terms of production. Uh, Jason, you said 13 was Miles Sanders. Anything else to opine on that? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm pretty pretty uh, manila on that one. What about uh, <laughs> What about number 12? So number 12, this is probably maybe a little bit too high, I think, but uh, I, I like uh, Jacobs out of the, from the Raiders, number 12. I don't I think, think that, a, I don't think that's too high at all, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think he's a, he's a powerful runner. I think he, uh, if they can get their stuff together and another year in the system and uh, him and that. Um, can you drink? Well, Drake, and then, you know, he'll be a nice little addition. I'm not, or that could actually hurt my prediction, but um, <laughs> that, uh, the tight end they got, what's, I can't think of Aaron Waller. Yeah, Waller. I mean, he'll be another year in, and I, I don't know. I think this year the Raiders might finally be able to uh, compete in that division. I mean, get, get a little closer. I think it's going to be a tight race between those three teams to get the Chiefs. They're going to have to, um, I wrote a piece of franchise tagged earlier this week about four teams that are going to have some semblance of teardown if they don't breach the playoffs and make some noise. And they're one of them. I think if they're not stale already with Gruden and Mayock, who are supposed to be like the dream team of management leadership, if they go eight and nine or some garbage like that, I think you'll see Carr on the move, potentially Gruden, even though he's got a quasi lifetime deal, but to me, they're stale. I don't. I don't think they have a whole lot of excuses. That's just my my take. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, and you saw what they can do when they're running and rolling on. I mean, they they beat the Chiefs for Christ's sake. Yeah, and they played yeah. the Chiefs like the Chiefs needed to be played before the Bucks did it yeah. as well. Yeah, yep. real well. So, yes. uh, Wes, what do you have at twelve? Twelve. Uh, this is where I have uh, Cam Akers. Uh, he really came on second half. Uh, Dynamic dual threat running back uh, from Florida State reminds me of someone even higher on this list, also from Florida State. So um, I anticipate him having a breakout year this year. And that would probably um, indicate he's going to get the carries, the touches. Um, That was the knock on him, not knock on him. The knock on his usage is that up until what? the last half of the season last year, he just was part of their committee. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think he'll eclipse a thousand yards at least, and probably another three, 400 in uh, the passing game. And if that happens, then the Rams are going to be a force because we know they have the quarterback that's better than Goff now in Stafford. They have a running back that puts out that type of production. Um, the safest thing on their team is their defense. So boom, you've got everything covered there. So yeah, that's, that's, I don't know if it's a dark horse NFC candidate, but that's probably who I will end up picking to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl based on kind of that whole roster. It's, it's, it's sickening deep. Look at you giving Stafford the credit. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I I think he is a uh, very good quarterback. He's just never personally scared me one bit, but I've got my quirks. Uh, at number twelve, I have Jonathan Taylor. Um, I do think that he is limited a bit because they have three robust running backs in Indianapolis. If he had in the old days when he had one RB one who touched the ball thirty times, no matter what, and then just some other dude who cleaned up, Taylor would be more formidable, at least in terms of stats, but that's not how we do it anymore. We have these committees and uh, I think he's certainly talented enough to be in the top 12. And that's why I put him there. The next one I have at number 11, perhaps is too high, but we'll find out by your guys' reaction. Subsequent rankings is Joe Mixon. Uh, he's kind of tricky. Uh, some, some games, he's just an absolute machine to blow your socks off. And some games he's a disappearing act, like the rest of the Bengals organization. Uh, but I think in terms of sheer talent, he is worthy of the top 11. Wes, number 11 for you. Number 11, I have Austin Eckler. Um, kind of a theme here with these dual threat running backs. Um, he also had a disappointing season last year. I uh, was injured for a good portion of it. Um, I think with the offensive line additions the Chargers made, uh, he has a uh, good as chance, good of chance as any to have a bounce back year. Jason, you're number eleven. Didn't he have the most receiving touchdowns, or was that two years ago? Two years two, ago? Two, oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, he well, well he was uh, hurt a little bit last year too. Yeah. So, yeah, he, but Eckler is the guy that basically facilitated Melvin Gordon's exodus from the Chargers. Yep. Gordon decided to play. Uh, a little monopoly with his contract situation. Eckler stepped in and did just as good, if not better. <clears throat> and Gordon was shown the door. Now plays on the Broncos. It's an RB one for a while, at least. Uh, but yes, two years ago, Eckler was a force. Sally, do you play fantasy football? I took the last two years off, um, Ooh, but I okay. guess I'm back in. <laughs> oh yeah. I already consented to Joe Johnson that I would do whatever that situation is. Fair enough. And then why'd you take the time off? Just too too much commitment? Um, you know, I was just I overdid it. I had like three teams at once or four, and I just got burnt out. You know, it, you have all, too many rooting interests, and I just finally was just I just need to take a break. Um, well, maybe it was three years because it was after 2017 and I was just broken. I really couldn't care, you know. <laughs> That's uh I uh I fished last weekend with my cousin in a tournament, which we won, a walleye fishing tournament, and he plays just two leagues. And the reason he doesn't do more than that, even though he has the brain, is that he gets frustrated with rooting best rooting interests. And yeah. I tell you, if you ever want to get over that, which I completely understand why people don't like it, you basically treat it more mathematics than you do football, in the sense that you're looking at commodities and who can get what rather than, oh, I get to sit down and watch red zone cheer for Melvin Gordon. It's more of like chess pieces. Um, And some people just don't care for that. No, I mean, it's like when there's the contradictions of you're rooting for this player, but against this player, but you know, but in one league, you do want this player to do well. It's just too much. I think I'm going to go back with just one. Yeah, no, it gets cumbersome. It's, it's, I usually have four leagues and this year, uh, probably even more based on what you said with, with Joe's stuff. Uh, but, and Wes, what do you usually have? Um, usually about three. Yeah. I'm probably going to wind up in 
five or six this year. <laughs> no, sir. What no, he can want to. He can handle it, Sally. He's uh he's a guru. All right. Well, he can take one of mine, but just don't tell anyone. Yeah, he'll manage <laughs> yours, and you'll win the damn thing. Yeah, we have the same, you know, thought process anyway. So. <laughs> they won't know the difference. Yeah, let's not tell anyone though. Uh, Wes, did you just you did your number eleven? Uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. to Jason number eleven. Yeah. So I had uh, I had Mixon at eleven, and then I actually had Eckler at ten. So I oh. figured I'd mention that just because we were both talking about both those guys and. You know, a lot of the reasons you mentioned Mixon's one of those guys that, you know, I had experience with in fantasy this last year. My first ever experience playing fantasy football, hated it, absolutely hated it. <laughs> well, tell uh, us why. <laughs> well, it, so it did bad things for your mental health, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good for me spiritually. <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, you know, when, when you're, pl- you know, everything happens against me. Um, randomly i was three and one and then i lost and then the guy that i was playing his defense scored like 32 points i'm like well why wouldn't it happen i'm done <laughs> didn't win in a game the rest of the year um you know we only had a small league though so we pretty much all the players were you know the top-notch guys like dustin i think you play in some of the you, Wes, you too probably play in a bigger league where you know you're lucky if you get a royce freeman right right you know so <laughs> shit i had nick chubb kamara i had the whole freaking yeah, no, I uh, I piloted a 20-team, 20 20-person 20 league, and Wes won that, uh, full disclosure. Um, but to give you an example, um, the quarterbacks get so iffy because people hoard them. So when I traded for Mitch Trubisky, I was excited. Like, I was like, I finally got this nailed down. And I got Nick Foles. As the, I got Foles as the insurance. Well, here's the <laughs> Uh, well, here's what happened. I drafted, uh, they started flying off the board in like round three, Wes, you'll remember. And my yeah. nerves just flew to the moon on that because that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And everybody got panicky and drafted quarterbacks. So I was, I went with Drew Locke and then I went with Terod Taylor and uh, Terod Taylor lungs were punctured <clears throat> and then Locke got hurt. And I was like, well, there goes that. And so I was, you know, just offering up like sweet commodities for, Sam Darnold and stuff like that. And I ended up with Trubisky. And then I, I found Foles on the waiver wire thinking, all right, I got my quarterback locked down. But that's how ridiculous it gets when you have 20 teams. Well, I see. I think that would actually be a better time. I think I, I would enjoy that much, much more than, you know, when you're having three or four guys on your team putting up 35 points a, a week. Yeah. You, know. you play an eight man? It was eight. Yep. Yeah. Eight man is Eight man's so tricky for me because it's misleading. You think that you have the sweetest team ever, but then so does everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where I get tripped up. I uh, there was a guy that I work with in my daytime job named Jeff, and he's a, a very brilliant sports mind, basketball, NFL, and all that. And I said, "Have you ever played fantasy football?" And he's like, "No, but I could handle it." And I was like, "Try my twenty team league." So Wes, he's been broken in on a twenty team league. I saw him today um, and I was like, hey, do yourself a favor, play in my league, but also play in a 10 man league because it's going to feel so refreshing when you play in a 10 man league. You're going to be like, holy crap. Yeah. It's just uh, expanded options. All oh, right. Yeah. So we're at number 10. Hey, I let's have... talk about Mixon really quick. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I really like Mixon also. I mean, despite the personal issues that I don't really love, but I, do you guys think Cincinnati's um, offensive line is going to be better and give him some help so he can perform um, up to his capabilities, or what do we think there? Well, we know who they have at left tackle, and he's decent. 
Uh, that's Riley right. Reef, and yeah. it's a better one than what they had last year. They chose not to go with Sewell, which I would have done if I was general manager, but they went Jamar Chase. Um, and then what did they else? What else did they do, West? We have to look it up in the offseason to the offensive line. I think they did waited until the third really correct? Yes. Yeah, it was like uh, them, the Vikings, the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks are pretty damn bad, too. Yeah, now that if they would have taken Sewell, like a lot of those college linemen, I mean, I, I guess I'm not real sure, but they're not really trained to block for the run these days, are they? More pass protection. There's I mean, more Sewell, I'm sure, could do it all, but I mean, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like back in the day when you had like a Schlereth or a Zimmerman and or any mm-hmm. of those hogs. Or Bryant I mean, McKinney. Or McKinney. <laughs> there you go, McKinney. Yeah. Brian yeah. Habib. Remember Brian Habib? Yeah, with the curly hair coming off the back of the helmet. <laughs> yeah, that guy was yeah. a stud. Yeah, they uh, – I think as the league becomes more pass-happy, yes, indeed, the offensive linemen are um, reared to have that as an emphasis. Um, but just as the league is uh, pass-happy now, it was run-happy when we were kids. And, That's you know, true, yep. If you had Emmett Smith, um, you know, it was, if you had a running back – and that dude was going to get 1,200 yards. It was almost like having a dominant seven-foot center in basketball. Like you were a shoe-in to get close to the playoffs, if not if not in them. Well, you uh, can hope I, that Burrow is is successful and that Chase, you know, proves to be worth the worth the pick. And you know, the pass can just set up the run and position mixing for a for a successful year, regardless of the offensive line. Yeah, Wes, I'm looking at it, and free agency, they were pretty silent on offensive line, aside from Riley Reef, unless I am completely missing something. No, and I that, think it was the third round they added. They finally added a offensive lineman. Okay, so yeah. Uh, so the answer, Sally, is probably meh. Uh, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound like they went hardcore on it. They kind of did a Vikings-esque solution. Well, very Vikings-esque. They went and got Riley Reef, and then picked a dude in the third round and hoped for the best. Uh, but we shall see. I actually have Mixon out of my top 15. Oh, really? For what it's worth. I, I think he's had two straight subpar seasons in a row. And for that, I had to take him off. So you got the shark tank lingo going. <laughs> for that reason, he's out. Uh, all right. Number 10, I have Antonio Gibson. Uh, he got a lot of love inside Washington. Uh, Washington's offense. I think he's the real deal. I think he'll also get the, the touches as the real deal. And I'm curious to know if Wes, you had him in your top 10. Uh, I actually do not. That's one okay. of the second year players. I do not have in. Fair in enough. Who is your number 10? Number 10 for me is Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. Uh, only. Derek Henry and Nick Chubb have more broken tackles over the last two seasons uh, than Mr. Jacobs. Uh, I am a little concerned about the addition of Kenyon Drake. Uh, it could cut into his touches, but at least early word is they are going to be using Drake uh, in the passing game a lot. Okay, that's fair enough. But it will cut into his touches because Absolutely. Kenyon Drake's too dynamic to just be uh, uh, something on the mantle. Jason, what do you have at number 10? I, I'm at actually number nine, aren't I? Yeah, he I, two for one. Yeah, I actually went out of order there, but I figured, you know, we were talking about the same guys there back to back. So remember? Yeah, number nine. Um, so number nine, I got 
I got Aaron Jones at number nine. And so, I, well, that's, that's going to be, that's kind of tricky. I, I, I was really debating on whether or not I wanted to put him that high. I have such a hard, <laughs> I'm serious. I have a hard time determining how good those Packers are. I really do. Keep it coming. We, we, we want to hear it. Jason. We want to hear it. Keep it coming. And well, I don't, deal. I don't watch, I don't watch them twice a year. I don't watch them enough to know how, how good he is. I, I, I mean, I see his stats, um, you know, obviously Rogers, I think positions every player on that team. Well, much like, you know, Manning did with the, with the Broncos back in the day, you know, somehow no Sean Marino racked up 1300 yards and 11 touchdowns. So that's, that's where I'm on the fence there. And I have no doubt that he's, he's a stellar back. I don't, it's just, that's where I'm at there. With a name like Aaron Jones, how good can you be? He's bland, right? (laughs) I have him higher than that. Um, But the deal on him is he's a tremendous scorer. He finds the end zone. Um, The knock on his game statistically is that he has quiet games. And it's kind of a blemish on his resume. He'll, he'll be a no-show, it's particularly in 2019. I believe he had four games with like under 40 yards from scrimmage. Jeez. And that's, that's unbecoming of a uh, superstar RB1. So uh, certainly he is talented and worthy of the top 10. Uh, I, I just enjoy Sally's laugh at the fact that it was that low. He's and, like, uh, he, I, can't, I don't know if I should put him this high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was good. No, we yeah. love it. I absolutely yeah. adore it. Just just as I enjoy this Rogers saga, I absolutely adore that that take and fully support it. Uh, Wes, who'd you have at number nine? Same, Aaron Jones. Um, Ooh, okay. I think wow. I don't know if it's he disappears or it's Green Bay's lack of commitment, but they have tended to roll with the hot hand, and um, you know that hasn't been Jones all the time, so. I have to have him at nine. Like Jason said, he could even go lower. Uh, who knows? Uh, we'll have to see what this season brings. Yeah, there. Sally, Sally, where would you have had him, <laughs> Jones? Yeah, honestly, I, look, I've been looking at these rankings all day. Ever the lowest I've seen him is seven. I've seen him as high as three. I don't know. I'm just surprised. Three <laughs> on Jeez. some of these, you know, these experts. Yeah, they are experts too. Are you looking at fantasy lists or no, no, oh, okay. just like general lists. I mean, obviously everyone has a different opinion, but the lowest yeah. I've seen him is seven on any list. <laughs> um so yeah, like on CBS, that's that's where he's number seven. Yeah, that's somewhat but, you know, I mean the national media does love the Packers, so it's not like surprise but because i certainly don't think of him as that good but i think i'm kind of tarnished of like just the history of them having no name running backs wide receivers that i just never really give them much credit so yeah yep, they always that's not fair probably <laughs> let's see where he ranks when uh jordan love is behind center week one so he'll probably be higher <laughs> yeah get, get more action uh number yeah. nine I, ha- I have josh jacobs uh he is a tremendous back I do fear, as I said, Kenyon Drake will cut into his time, but that's not my problem. Uh, but I, I do think that from what he's shown from the onset has been impressive. And in, it's true that running backs can make an immediate impact, unlike almost any other position. Uh, they're, they're NFL ready. Uh, but I have Jacobs at nine. And then, apropos, I have Jones at number eight. Uh, I'll say it again, that he is a tremendous running back, certainly worthy of the top eight. Um, but the Packers... 
drafted a running back to replace him. It's weird. Pretty high in that very whimsical draft that they conducted, which was wonderful, in 2020, the pandemic draft. And then uh, they got married to Jones all over again. They paid a running back, which a lot of uh, the analytics crowd will tell you it's silly. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that take. But, yeah, I have Jones at number eight. Wes, who do you have at uh, eight? Eight is where I had Chris Carson, um, 136 broken tackles and averaging over three yards after contact over the last three years. Um, he's kind of a old school style runner uh, playing for an old school style head coach and Pete Carroll. Um, yeah, I, I think where Seattle got away from themselves is when, when last year – um, Russell Wilson decided to continue his MVP campaign and kind of chuck the ball a little bit more than needed. Uh, I believe Carson got injured for a game or two as well. Um, so I, I think they recommit to the run this year and take it from there. Jason, number eight for you. I got Zeke at eight. Okay. So, and that would have been... I- yeah, I was flirting with maybe putting him a little bit higher, but I, I honestly, I don't know how, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of concerns in Dallas. I really do. I think having Dak back is going to hopefully help the situation overall, but I, I just, I, I think Zeke's best years are behind him. I really do. And he hasn't even been in the leagues. How long has he been in five? 2016. Yep. Okay. Yep. Same same draft as Zeke. Um, the the problem with him, and it's not really a problem, is that he's had a lot of wear and tear. The Cowboys have leaned on him like they would have Emmett Smith twenty five years ago. They've carried that philosophy over. It seemed that there was some uh, confirmation of that wear and tear last year, but then again, he didn't have his homie Prescott. Uh, the thing that will be interesting on him is that this should be the pivotal year of his resume. Does he start a decline a little earlier than normal because he's been used so much? Or does he bounce back like I think the rest of the team will? Um, that's what to look for there. Uh, let's see. Is that you, Wes, at eight? Uh, no, I did eight um, okay. at seven. Uh, seven, I have yes, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, A healthy deck will prevent defenses from keying, uh, keying in on him like they did last year. Um, he does have a lot of wear with how heavily Dallas has leaned on them and Ohio state for that matter too. Uh, But I I do see a bounce back year for Zeke. I also have him at seven. So I think that is a fair adjudication of his talent. So here's the deal with him. And it's always been the deal with him. He is a very consistent halfback that uh, is going to normally get his, his hundred yards. Uh, For me, the reason I haven't dropped other than the lackluster campaign last year is he's not, utterly explosive like some of the dudes you'll hear in the top six like you know that will set the the game on fire with a a big play he lacks those comparatively to uh the rest of the field Uh, that's not a knock on his game so to speak because he does find ways to make that up with you know six yard carry here eight yard carry there but the rest of the dudes we're about to name hit home runs and uh to to the extent he's compared to them he doesn't do that quite as much how do you feel about zeke sally well, I think there's a lot of offensive line issues there as well, which aren't necessarily opening up holes for him. But we already talked about how I feel about Dallas in general last week, so <laughs> he doesn't really impress me either. Might put Aaron Jones in front of him. I don't know. Wow. 
<laughs> I think that the Cowboys will uh, impress this year, and I think they'll make a deep run in the playoffs. Let me jot that down. Yeah, do it. <laughs> hey, I, I said last year, Tampa Bay. Well, that wasn't a really a bold take, but uh, it, my my preseason prediction was Tampa Bay and Denver in the Super Bowl. Really? Yep. Denver, I thought. How do you get that so wrong? Because their roster is incredibly balanced, and I thought Drew Locke was ready to bust out. He's going to take one extra year to try to do that if he does. If he even beats out Bridgewater. Well, yeah, I thought they were a dark horse team, and I overestimated Locke. She's actually jotting it down. I thought she was just giving me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was my number seven. I'm sorry on this. We're getting sidetracked. Uh, Wes, did we do seven for you? Yes. Okay, so why don't you go with your number six? Number six, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he possibly could be higher on this list, but we have – two consecutive seasons where he's been lost for a large portion of the year. Um, when he is healthy, though, he is dynamic. Uh, so hopefully he is this year and, you know, we get to see what he has to offer. What do you mean? Hopefully. Are you a Giants uh, fan? No, <laughs> <laughs> just saying, like, I don't, I don't wish, you know, uh, injury or, um, ill will towards any yeah, I know. player. I'm breaking so. balls. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I ever did a seven, but it oh, was, do uh, your seven and your six. Yeah, well, it, well. So it was. I had Jonathan Taylor at at seven for Indianapolis. Um, you know, I I God, I I struggle with these rankings. I really do. But I'm betting that on you know. Hopefully, I mean, he had a, he had a good year last year, and I think if if the Wentz thing works out as well as everybody kind of hopes it will in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, I think that could be really, really good. All right. And then who's your follow-up six? Oh, going to jump right into that six. I have, uh, I got it. Six. We got dead air. That's a rarity. Dead for this show. A, it is a dead air. I'm walking the needles, hoping it's not. <laughs> Someone's gonna set me off. Don't don't get set <laughs> off. Don't don't do that. I'm surprised you didn't find a way to wiggle a Bronco in here. That's what I'm marveling at. Well, no, right. no, I can't see. I can't do that because uh, Melvin Gordon is gonna. Well, I think uh, the rookie uh, Williams Javante is gonna take over the starting duties mid year, mid season, um, uh-huh. if not earlier. You know, whether that be because of a Gordon injury or, you know, just I, I don't know. I just see that 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 guy's uh, well, I've been watching a lot of that guy's college tape. So I think that happens. Um, uh, did You said Saquon, too, didn't you? Wes? Yes. For, OK, yeah. that's who that's who I had to. That's who I have as well. And it's the exact same reason as Wes. Uh, we haven't seen enough of him because he's been injured. If he wasn't injured, he'd probably be number one on this list. That's how good he is. And it's it's a, it's a ginormous season for the Giants because we're going to figure out if Daniel Jones will be the quarterback into the future for them. This will be the year that determines that, in my opinion. And he should have no problem outside of maybe the offensive line. Uh, but they have weaponry aplenty with uh, Galladay and uh, Kyle Rudolph, Saquon Barkley, um, Starius Slayton. So they have plenty of stuff on offense for Jones to succeed. At my well, number, Kyle Rudolph can run block. 
Kyle Rudolph, indeed, yes. <laughs> uh, can run block. And then Evan Ingram, I always forget about him. My wife always gets stuck with him in fantasy, and uh, he he's always on record or on tape of having drops. And so she's always like, of course, that's my tight end. And uh, I think two straight years she's had him, and we've watched games where he's flubbed. And she's like, yep, yeah, this is just how it goes. Why do I even play? So, you know. Uh, what do I have? Uh, are we at top five now? Right. Uh, yep. All right. I have Alvin Kamara. Um, this is probably where these will get contentious because they really are interchangeable in these top five. Al- Alvin Kamara is what I think the blueprint for a Le'Veon Bell like pass catching running back, the wave of the future, the wave of now. Um, you can't say enough good things about him. He, let's see, he's really in the middle of his prime. He probably has one or two more years of that absolute prime. And it'll be really interesting to see how he and that offense do without Drew Brees. Wes, who's your number five? Same. Alvin Kamara. Um, he's had 100 targets and 80-plus catches every year of his career, which is saying something for yeah, God, the running back. That's nuts. Uh, Jason, number five for you. I got Derrick Henry at five. Ooh. Derrick Henry at number five. I do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I figured that speech, would. Speech, I, would speech, I figured speech, that would. Speech, I figured speech. that would. Well, so he's been such a workhorse, and and I know he hasn't really faced injury or anything yet. Um, God, last year just a monster. Two seasons in a row, um, putting up the numbers that he did. He's a bigger guy. Um, they got a great team there. I just think that this year it's going to be. It's not like he's going to have a bad year. I just think he's going to he's going to slow down a little bit compared to what some Titans fans might be used to. That's because Julio's there, or just because he's hitting well, the wall. I think I think partially um, because of Julio. Obviously, I think they'll open it up a little bit more. But um, I I don't know. I, I just I see a guy that size, and I just think that it just I just think it's 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 going to slow down. Sally, you want to react? Uh, no, j- just surprised. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just surprised. Uh, very low, I guess. <laughs> the minds of many, but hey, you could be right. Jason could be onto something there. Oh no, I'm not onto anything. The, the top, <laughs> the top four, the top four are going to surprise you guys too, probably because they're all out of whack. But they well, can you, be all interchangeable. You said though, too, Dustin. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm of that opinion, especially. With quarterbacks, it's a little bit different because there is variance. But uh, with running backs, it seems like you can plug and play these top five, not any running back. Uh, who's your number four, sir? My number four is mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. I speech, like Chubb, speech. and I think I think you know I think I love what they're what they've done in uh, Cleveland over the last couple of years. I think uh, I actually had Chubb on fantasy last year, so I had the opportunity to watch him, and uh, you know, obviously got hurt a little bit, and he was out for you know, well, the multitude of these top five running backs were spent some time out last year. Um, but I just, you know, he has the explosiveness. I mean, he's pretty, pretty rock solid too. I mean, he can get people to bounce off him. He just, he's got it all. I think I was, I could debate putting him at one. Don't laugh at that. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I just love Chubb. Me too. Who's your number four, Wes? Uh, same, actually. Nick Chubb. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, the reason why he gets knocked down a little bit is uh, for Dustin, year number 15. 
Um, Kareem Hunt being on the same team, both are very dynamic backs. Uh, Chubb is probably the the best pure uh, rusher on the list. Has 124 broken tackles on 488 carries over the past two seasons, which is the best in the NFL. Um, I'd like to see a little more involvement in the passing game to get him up higher on this list. I think that is the case because that's what they have hunt for. And so they kind of have rules that, uh, you know, Chubb, if he happens to be in there, catch a pass or two, but Hey, we don't need you to do that. We've got Mr. Hunt for that. So I think if that's what he's lacking in, I think there's a decent reason for it. Uh, I also have Chubb at number four. Um, He was one that curiously didn't start right out of the gate. It took, was it 10 games or so for them to realize that he was the top dude. I think they, they traded whoever was, was it Carlos Hyde and they traded him away to the Texans, I believe three years ago and said, Chubb is the guy and they've never looked back. And I have the utmost respect for that. And uh, the, the two running back stuff between Hunt and he's hell for fantasy, but it works. Um, they both get their earn their keep. And I have Chubb at four at number three, I have Dalvin cook. Uh, that's, that's why, um, or that's where I have him. The other two I can make a case for when we get there. Um, but Dalvin is uh, this rare breed of bull you over as almost a downhill runner, but then he can uh, catch the ball with the best of them and he's shifty and he's a slasher runner too. And you don't see a whole lot of that. And now that he's got two campaigns in a row of relatively good health, uh, it's really erased what was looking like going to be a, oh, look at all the potential he had. Uh, and he defines the, the Vikings offense, and that's the way that they want it. And that's why they gave him a large contract early last September. Wes, who do you have at three? Three, I have Derrick Henry, which I uh, struggled with two and three on this list. But I do think the addition of Julio Jones will cut into his touches a little bit. Uh, he's still a bell bell cow in that offense uh he has a coach very similar to the vikings where they're going to want to run the ball and uh put defense forward first um he's a stud i mean he he will probably eclipse 2000 yards here sometime in the next two or three seasons he came close this year um since the start of 2019 he has uh 2,758 yards after contact, almost 1,000 more than the next uh, on the list, which is just insane. So It is. Jason, number three for you? I got uh, McCaffrey at three. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how he he can come back from the injury and see if that affects his his elusiveness any. But, I mean, obviously he's he's still – you know, he's got it all. I mean – you know, he can do anything that, that you ask of him. I mean, numbers, they got a new quarterback coming in. I don't know if that's going to affect anything at all, but it could. Um, but you got to trust the, uh, the offensive coaches down there in, in Carolina. So I think, I think McCaffrey could have very well gone one or two as well. But yeah, I think without injury last year, he would have stayed number one on this list. Sally, yeah. who's your number? Who's your number three? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's number three. Or is number he, two. Is, is he also number one? No, no. He's number three. He's number three. Okay, number three. All right, Bolin. Who's your number two? Number two for me is Kamara. Um, 
you know, it's same thing down there in New New Orleans. I mean, that he doesn't he does doesn't take a lot of beatings. I mean, so elusive. I mean, I had the opportunity to watch a lot of his games just because, uh, you know, I had him on fantasy and and that it's every game three touchdowns, three. I mean, he can break one at any time, catch one out of the backfield. Um, having a new quarterback down there though might may affect him, but I mean, he's played with Teddy. He's played with, um, you know, so I think he'll, he'll be just fine. Number two for you, Wes. Uh, this is where I have Christian McCaffrey. Um, if not for the injury last season that kept him out for pretty much the majority of it, uh, he'd probably be number one on this list. Um, he is the offense in Carolina. Um, I don't expect that to change with Sam Darnold. Um, yeah, I just don't have any reason to move him any further down on this list um, than number two. I also have McCaffrey at number two. Uh, he's just tremendous, and he, like just like I talked about Dalvin Cook at number three being the offense for the Vikings. That's what McCaffrey was, and presumably will still be with Sam Darnold there, uh, but. He's just so dynamic and so game-changing uh, that it was tempting not to put him back at one. But uh, with uh, with the injury last year, we got to wait and see. He's the same as when he comes back. A little trivia for you guys. Now we're at number one. Only two running backs at all started all 16 games last year. Do you know who they are? Anybody? Was Henry one? Yes, he was one. Hmm. Blame Ron. He was next to me. I didn't even hear the question. (laughs) (laughs) Only two running backs in the NFL started 16 games last year. That's how brutal it was with the pandemic. Oh, God, really? Yep. Mm -hmm. It was Derek. Nope. Derek Henry and Devin Singletary. Oh, I would have never Interesting. Newsflash, Devin Singletary is not my number one. It's Derek Henry. Uh, (laughs) I, I, I would have felt yucky inside if I would not have picked him number one. Uh, he he blends everything that a running back is asked to do and carries the load. Uh, you know, I think he drags the Titans to what they are, even though I, I, I am a Tannehill believer. Um, but I think until Derrick Henry shows any sort of drop off, which I don't foresee quite yet, uh, I think he is the top running back in the business. And I'm frankly surprised that you guys don't have him there. <laughs> That's okay, though. I do. I'm about to enjoy who you say for number one. So Wes, go with uh, your number one. Little homerism here with uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, now give us a good that, case. Give us a good case, not just because you absolutely. love the Vikings. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he, it has he to has be a, a good case because I got him at one too. Yeah, you're the Vikings <laughs> fan. So. All right. <laughs> oh no! Not oh, that was going to get good too. You want to go, Jason? Well, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to be able to elaborate near, nowhere near as much as Wes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what a steal Minnesota got with him. I mean, God, they are set. Um, love watching him. Um, didn't watch him as often as you guys, obviously, every week. But I would love to have the privilege to watch somebody like that on my team every week. Wow. I mean, you know, there was so many times where this guy – you know, he can break him. I mean, he's so young. And I think, I think for the next four years, he's going to dominate this league. Well, that's, that's the, that's the hope. Uh, the, the, the funny thing is, um, and this won't surprise you because you, you know how the naysayers go. Some people, uh, 
even though they enjoy Dalvin Cook, they think he's utilized too much uh, because we should be throwing the ball like the rest of the league. And under this regime, that simply will not happen uh, because this head coach likes to run the football, play some defense and get the hell off the field with a win. That's how he's done it. And he's old, so he won't change. Um, but yeah, uh, to your point, he is dynamic and I already gave my speech on him. I, mean, I just can't believe that anybody would say that. I mean, about the Vikings offense. I mean, just as an outsider with no bias, you know, tendencies gravitated toward them. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that's putting up 35 touchdowns to 15 interceptions per year and a running back as explosive as now that's perfect balance. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. That's that's the goofy part because they'll say that we uh, are using Cook too much. We should be throwing the ball more like the rest of the league does. But then they also say they don't care for Kirk Cousins. And so it's like, well, hey, you kind of straddle the fence here. You got to pick one. Yeah, um, I'd be happy with either. Both. <laughs> I mean, their offense is in pretty good shape from what I see anyway. But All contingent on the offensive line. That's our usual pound the table in June. Which this should be the year, though, that they all start to kind of come together, though. They've been building it for a few years. Yeah, it's the best plan that we have in the last decade. Now, whether or not it works remains to be seen. Uh, Wes, you cut out. And so we want to get your take on Dowling before we hop off air. Absolutely. Uh, So run first coach. uh, Improvements along the offensive line and defense. Um, those improvements on defense should allow the Vikings to have a lead. If they have a lead, they're going to be running a lot. Um, he was 14th amongst running backs and past targets that should hopefully increase as well. Um, obviously what remains to be seen is the offensive philosophy of Clint Kubiak, but I We've seen it before with Zimmer, um, with DeFilippo, when he tried to get a little too pass happy, uh, he found himself without a job. So I do believe that Cook is going to get fed and get fed well. Sally, who is your two and your one? Um, I had Henry one because I didn't want to be a total homer. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, our boy number two. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on Cook any more than we have? Uh, no. Same sentiment. Run first offense. You'll never forget it. Um, yeah. No. I mean, how do you play is amazing. So, how do you feel about the proclivity toward run first offense this day and age? I don't mind it. I just wish that we didn't have to come out and reiterate it every single week. Like maybe let's just like, you know, some days maybe we'll do run first. Some days we'll do Pat. Like, let's see what's working. Let's not just like stick to this strict little game plan because that's what we do because that's what our coach thinks. Old football coach. You yeah, know I mean, I just hate it how every single week. And what peeves me the most about it is he comes out and says, oh, I'm hands off on the offense. Nothing to do with the offense. Not me. <laughs> it's not me. Ask, ask the coordinator. It's not me. But then it's run first offense all the time. So obviously it's not all on the coordinator. And since there's been so many coordinators, I don't know. I don't believe the guy's hands off on the offense. I just don't really believe it 100%. I think he's hands off 
when it's going the way he wants it. But are you talking about yeah. Zimmerman? Yeah, of course. <laughs> we had a on our other show, the Vikings theme show. We had an offensive lineman, a rookie, on. And uh, before the show, he was saying, uh, Coach Zimmerman did this. And Sally was like, God, he really doesn't pay attention to the offense if they don't even know his name. <laughs> I, oh, I forgot he said that. Yeah, he did. But yeah, that was funny. Or you he only say pays something? attention when they're bugging him. That's it, you know? And he comes out and rips them. But then the very next, then on Monday, oh, I'm not, I'm not involved in the offense. Uh, uh, Vic Fangio certainly isn't involved in the offense. That's that much I know. But no, if you're an outsider watching, like just seeing highlights and stuff for the Vikings and you're not watching them every week like you guys, you wouldn't think that they were a run first offense just because of the stats that they're able to put up. I mean, you're talking Jefferson going over 100 yards, Cousins and Thielen. And, you know, you see just the stats, not the game, but, you know, you see the stats on the box scores and just somebody that doesn't pay any attention would say, God dang, that's, that's a well-rounded offense there. And that is accurate. It is. Uh, it's just that uh, I think that there's some sect that says like, yeah, we should just throw it more, throw it more. And then when we throw it more then the offensive coordinator gets fired, then we missed the playoffs. And well, the defense uh, was in disarray last year when you guys agree with that though. So, I mean, you know, absolutely. you put that offense with a, with a healthy and competent defense, which Zimmer can man. And I mm-hmm. mean, you guys are going to be in good shape. Yeah, that's, that is the goal. And it's all, I'll say it again. It's contingent on the offensive line for the Vikings. Um, it just needs to be average. It doesn't need well, to be hey, you guys will see. You guys will see uh, the Broncos starters play the Vikings third stringers up in Minneapolis here in a few weeks. Sally, Sally will have a front row seat to it. Yeah. Got my takes. Yep. Then you'll see what a bad team looks like. <laughs> Tell you. <laughs> Cynical Denver fan here. Did, didn't you say, you've told me privately multiple times that you, you are convinced that Elway made a deal with the devil in 2015. <laughs> no, he did. He did. He sold the soul. Yep. Sold the soul. It's been the same um, vanilla offense ever since. Quarterback <laughs> after quarterback. <laughs> coach after coach. It doesn't and, matter. And, and the cool thing about it, every year leading it, since Manning left town, every year at about 4th of July, Bowen's like, is is it's just me, but I really think the Broncos are going to be like eleven and five this year. And then within within like a half hour of week one, he's like, "I'm not watching this ever again." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's you know it's a two yard gain, it's an incomplete pass, and it's a run up the middle, and it's a punt. That's what happens. Um, doesn't matter who's coaching. Doesn't matter the quarterback. Doesn't ma- none of that matters. All right. Well, opposing, team, opposing team gets the ball in our territory every drive. There they go again. Do you think uh, Locke's going to start or do you think Teddy's going to beat him out? Uh, gosh, I, I don't know. They, I think that uh, they're both having a good camp. Uh, I think the competition is really benefiting both players. I mean, two different styles. I, I would hope that Locke could. I mean, if you know they want Locke to, I would imagine. I mean, that's where their investment is. But, you know, it's not really an investment, but. Beat him you know, out they, for Q, QB2 once Rodgers get there. We're talking, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> if Rodgers comes there, they'll both be gone. So, <laughs> All right, Wes, next week, are we doing 15 wide receivers? Let's do it. All right. Oh, well, that's all we got for NFL Trend Zone this evening. So, peace. You are watching a master at work.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.